Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. Welcome to On the Up and Up. I know that if the title didn't just pull you into this episode, then you may have been searching for information on terminating employees, basically firing people, doing it right, doing it in a nice way, doing it in a human way, being compliant about it. When it comes to HR, we get a really bad rap, as everyone knows, for being essentially kind of the termination police. Um, But I'm here to kind of bust some of those myths and talk about how we can frame this process of terminating an employee or making the decision to terminate an employee or even deciding whether or not to terminate an employee a really important and impactful business decision and not we don't want to leave the humanity behind but we also don't want to have our businesses suffer because we're afraid to have one of these difficult conversations and so I have a pretty straightforward chat today Um, but if you ended up here and you haven't actually Listen to On the Up and Up. Make sure that you follow and subscribe and follow us on Instagram and follow us and join our newsletter list because we share all kinds of content all the time that can help you to run your business in a more effective way or be a better manager, show up for your direct reports in a better way, and even for those employees out there that are really driven and motivated to be better at their jobs and get ready to be leaders in their companies. Um, But we also are here for our fellow HR villains. So (laughs) going through an HR career can be really difficult, um, especially when we're putting ourselves in positions because we care about people. And then all of a sudden we realize that we have to do a lot of the dirty work. So hopefully today will help us to kind of reframe what a termination means, take out some of the bad stuff and start thinking about how it can be a really impactful an important moment in your career um, and also in someone else's career. So today we're going to talk about three main things. We're going to break it down. Um, It's going to jump around a little bit. We're going to have some open discussions. I'm going to tell a few stories, but for the most part, I just want to get straight to the point. We're going to talk about how we're going to make the decision to terminate someone, how to have that conversation and some extra resources that you can use to walk you right through building a plan for a conversation of termination and how to turn the experience of having to terminate somebody into an opportunity for your business. Um, so I just want to start off with a couple quick disclaimers. We, I am based in California, um, which tends to mean that <laughs> pretty much every state will, we are doing a little, we're kind of doing the most over here. So essentially, if it's relevant in California, then it is probably relevant in your state as well. However, our company paradigm does work with all 50 states on all of our HR. So I'm pretty well informed of if there are discrepancies along the way based on where you're located. This is a little bit more of a management conversation than a compliance conversation. However, I just want you to keep in mind that termination is a minefield for compliance mistakes, especially in small business. Um, If you've ever ended up on your TikTok algorithm where 
where it's a bunch of employment lawyers um, basically just looking for people that have been fired from small businesses because they know that they can probably get away with suing those businesses and basically putting um, getting people that were maybe they consider themselves wrongfully terminated or whatever, um, then you will be fed a lot more content about people that literally go out and seek out jobs at businesses that don't look like they have their HR stuff together. And essentially, there is opportunity for people to target your business if you don't have your HR foundations in order, um, in order to make sure that they are either winning lawsuits, settling out of court, things like that. Most of our employees are not those people, and most employment attorneys are not those attorneys just going to try to like destroy businesses. However, when we talk about some of the of the statistics here, you can see that it's a quite a lucrative, <laughs> a lucrative area of study, and it's very, it's. It's a little scary if you don't have your your stuff in order when it comes to having to let an employee go. Oftentimes, people are really focused on the hiring part, but they forget about what happens when it isn't working. So keep in mind, termination is a minefield for compliance. And this episode is going to help you to navigate that minefield and be really aware of all of the risks and the rewards involved in making these good decisions and also how to be a person and do it in a nice, kind way that's going to set you and your business and your former employee up for success in their future. Um, So first of all, when we're talking about compliance, there's just a few different things that I want to touch on. My dog is apparently also contributing to this conversation. Um, but the first is discrimination. So you can, if there is unlawful termination um, that could be based on discrimination, it's not an immediate response, which means that you may hear about a claim um, from a former employee up to three years ago, depending on the state that you're in and the laws that are in place in that state. Again, don't take this as legal advice, um, but I do just want to kind of throw out some pretty generally accepted um, things out there that will show you how important it is to make sure you have your ducks in a row. That's why you're here, though. You wouldn't be listening to this episode if it wasn't important to you. So <laughs> just keep in mind that you can make sure that you're doing this the right way and you're giving people every chance to succeed um, when it comes to termination. Second, People who are just desperate or even vindictive may seek extra compensation from you, especially if they don't think you have your HR in order. We touched on this already. So keep in mind that there are people out there that will target businesses that look small potatoes. Uh, I've had many employees, I don't want to say many, but I've had a few employees in the past that have either been terminated or um, have decided to quit the company, felt they were mistreated, stuff like that at different various jobs, or even have had employees that fellow employees, coworkers that have sought out some claims for wrongful termination and things like that. Um, and they are advised certain things because they're making the assumption that your business or the the business that we worked for isn't going to be able to withstand any type of claim. So making sure that you have all of your HR in order before you make a termination, you don't make those decisions lightly, you know, you don't do it out of spite or you don't you definitely don't want to put your business or your just personal mental well-being in a bad spot by flying off the handle or making an emotional decision without giving people the opportunity to do a good job um so we already kind of talked about there are employment attorneys out there who do capitalize off of the experience inexperience of small businesses so just remember that we have to follow the same rules as big businesses but the big guys have time and money to fight these claims which tend to be they've federally, those discrimination, wrongful termination claims can be anywhere from $50,000 to $300,000 per claim. 
um, but about forty to forty-five thousand dollars is average for an out-of-court settlement. So for many of us, a forty-five thousand dollars settlement for making an emotional decision or skipping over our HR foundations can be the end of our business. And we really are here to help create a situation in which you can make these decisions in a way that isn't putting your business in a bad spot, but it is also making sure that you're set up to not have to worry about these things. If somebody brings a claim against you, you know that you can defend it because you were doing everything you can to make sure that you were fair and had the best interests of your company and your employee at heart at the same time. So one of the first things that we want to touch on is that every time we work with our clients or we work in small business or many companies out there, we'll have an introductory period of about 90 days. So generally, we want to encourage everyone to ensure that you have an introductory period written out in your policies and in your uh, performance management because one in three employees quit in the first 90 days, especially at the entry level role. So generally, we want to make sure that everything that's black and white, anything that we have control over, because we don't always have control over everything, is in order so that our employees also feel empowered to make sure that they're meeting the expectations that they have control over. So making sure that everyone has their checklists and, you know, their SOPs, if they're working on creating those with you, making sure they have a place to go if they need support, um, things like that. We want to show that we are always there to help our employees be successful, especially in that first 90 days. Um, However, it's not uncommon and generally the law is going to be on the side of the business um, if it comes down to somebody that gets a job and then a couple weeks later is terminated or quits or something like that in their introductory period. Um, But keep in mind that during those first 90 days, we're not looking for perfection with our employees because the quality is actually our responsibility. We are here to make sure that we're ensuring that improvement. However, the things that we have control over, we want to make sure we're checking all those boxes so that our team can also make sure that they're checking all the boxes on their end to make sure they're doing what they can to keep their job. Many times when you hire employees for small business, it can be very difficult to find somebody that and to find people that are going to stick with your small business. So making sure you're staying aligned with those values. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably wondering, well, what if I know really soon that this person isn't going to work out for me? You can take action and you're much, much less likely to be discriminate or to be um, in any kind of hot water if you decide to let someone go. In, within the first 90 days, especially if you've already established that as a probationary period. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't outline the reasons why. So that brings us to our next topic, which is how to make the decision. So over the course of your experience with your employees, there's going to be a plenty of benchmarks in which you will have been automatically been keeping track of documentation. So documenting their experience, documenting um, their onboarding, documenting their interactions with other team members, their training schedule. Um, if they are, if there are incidences of them not being on time, if there are incidences of them needing to take time away from the office, you know, all of those things are things that should be documented. Um, any variables and normal behavior. Um, you always want to make sure that you're jotting those things down and that you are training your managers to do the same thing. When you are on top of your documentation, it becomes really obvious if somebody isn't doing what they're expected to be doing. If you let your documentation fall by the wayside, it can be a little bit 
It can be more costly for your company. You might have somebody that's underperforming for a longer period of time, sliding under the radar, you know, that kind of thing. And trust me, like that does happen even to the best of us. Not that I'm the best of us, but you know, Um, (laughs) there are definitely a lot of different ways that our teams can show up and perform in a really positive way, but we can't always have all of those things be the only thing we're focused on. We want to make sure that we are documenting the good things and the bad things. And our documentation will always show us all of the reasons or all of the kind of behind the scenes of what's going on with an employee's performance that can help us make those decisions. We don't want to be making these decisions unless we're sitting down and looking at all of the information. So you should never decide to let someone go if you don't have any documentation in place. If the last thing that they signed was an employee handbook acknowledgement and they've been with your company for longer than 90 days, you need to make sure that you have a paper trail of not only your effort to bring the best out in them, And to make sure that they're warned about behaviors that need to be changed and also coached to do a better job, you want to make sure that you're also documenting, um, you want to make sure that you're documenting pretty consistently and over the long period of time and that you're also paying attention to where the documentation is coming from. So if you, so that you can keep an eye on if people have a bias or if there's a fraught relationship between a supervisor and employee, things like that. In most of our small businesses, we're going to be really close to the situation. So don't be afraid to just pop open a Google Doc and keep track of some interactions that may feel a little bit less than what you were expecting from your team members. Um, it can be also really stressful when you're going through your documentation and you're starting to see, oh my gosh, I should have caught this ahead of time, things like that, that it doesn't, don't let it get to that point. Just sit down and put together what you need changed and make sure you're having a conversation with your employee about it and give them a chance to fix it. Now, that's not to say that you're not going to lay out, you know, there may be performance issues, there may be attitude issues, there may even be more serious things where that are going to call into question Um, that are not going to require documentation. Like, for example, if an employee reports another person that's been harassing them or bullying them or something like that, we don't need to have a paper trail of warning them not to do it if we have within our policies that we can terminate and we will terminate because we don't tolerate that type of unfair behavior. So keep in mind when we're talking about this topic, we're not saying go ahead and give all the bullies a whole bunch of warnings. (laughs) You know, we're really just saying more along the lines of if there's performance issues, if there is a lack of um, attention to detail, you know, things like that. And make sure you're setting up the standard ahead of time that you're not, you don't ever want to feel like you're documenting a bunch of stuff that somebody's doing wrong, but you're never actually talking to them about it. If there's some kind of documentation in an employee file, especially if something shows up a couple of times, make time to have conversations with them, even if it's not an official write up, just something quick like, hey, I've noticed your performance is slipping in this area and then shoot a message over to their supervisor or shoot a message over to their lead or even write a message to yourself, an email to yourself that you can save as a PDF so it's time stamped and say I had this conversation um Jesse took it well and it ended up being really productive and I found out XYZ is there was a misunderstanding and I expect the behavior will change from now on and then you just keep an eye on it make sure it doesn't happen again um these are conversations that are difficult to have so definitely listen to our other podcast episode about difficult conversations in the meantime um but documentation doesn't have to be super stressful and crazy but all of that is to say when we're com- when we're in the process of learning how to make the decision to let someone go, communication is key. If you're making this decision, maybe because all of the sudden a lot of things came to light and you haven't been keeping up on your documentation or maybe you're like, 
ugh, I didn't know I had to do that. This is, I don't have HR policies. This is definitely going to be tougher for you. Um, So make sure, you know, if it gets down to the point where you know that you need to create a path for termination and you haven't been doing your due diligence, it's probably going to cost you more money, either through a severance package or you're going to have to spend some time, effort, and energy trying to develop them into their, you know, into their role for a while. Even if you already have made the decision to terminate them, you have to give them a chance to do better Um, and make sure that you're using metrics and KPIs to measure that so that if it does come down to needing to let someone go, even if you have to play a little bit of catch up on documentation, there's really specific things that they needed to do. So a really easy example of that is you can take the KPIs that you've built into their position. There should be just a couple, not 30, um, and see how they're measuring up. So for example, if you have a customer service person and they're constantly getting rated a one out of five um, because they're really short with our with our clients or they're really bad at technology or something like that, um, we want to try to do what we can to improve that score before somebody gets fired. The first time that they hear about something that they don't do a good job at should not be in their termination discussion. Um, I want those conversations to sound like a conversation I had with one of my employees. Change, I'm changing their name. Um, but I had an employee, let's pretend his name was Henry. And by the time I had to fire Henry, which was one of the first times I ever had to fire anyone, he had missed work so many times. He had been late so many times. He had been, you know, we discipline, we did disciplinary action. We documented the tardiness. We, you know, had face-to-face conversations with him. We tried to make arrangements to help him. Um, And when there was no call, no shows, and it was the last straw, it was more of a conversation of like, hey, Henry, it's Kira calling. You know, I'm, you know, why I'm calling, right? And it's like, yeah. So it wasn't necessarily like, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, I messed up. Like, I understand that kind of a conversation versus something super volatile and this is not fair and I can't, I didn't even know I was on the chopping block, you know, that kind of a thing. So not that we want everybody to be so happy when they get let go, but we want to give them every opportunity that they can to do a better job. There has also been times when I've had employees that have rose to the occasion or They just needed to know that somebody was paying attention or we just needed to find a way to communicate with them that made them feel heard and motivated or give them really specific goals. They weren't responding to the way that we were managing them before. So those conversations can be really great and they can actually turn things around. So don't underestimate the power of having a tough conversation before you let someone go, not only because you should give them an opportunity to do better, but also because you might find something out that really changes things. At the end of the day, turning somebody's behavior around is still going to cost you less than turnover. Um, There is so crazy statistics out there about how much it costs to actually replace an employee, and it is a lot of money. And with every one in three employees quitting within the first 90 days, we have to make sure we're setting ourselves up for success as much as possible to ensure that they have the expectations that they need, but also having those conversations that are going to prevent them from needing to be terminated or even leaving on their own will. Okay, so remember everything that you're communicating with them needs to be documented. You can also pull from your onboarding materials like your job description, KPIs, stuff like that to give them really clear expectations and guidelines before the termination happens. We want the team to feel like if they are being terminated, there has been enough communication that they will leave knowing that they had a chance, they had the tools, they had a great opportunity, and it just wasn't a good fit. It's not super shocking. Um, They had, you know, they had, it just wasn't a great fit fit for them. And it often, maybe nobody's, you know, happy celebrating or whatever, but there are often times when we can actually help them to find something else or even ease the financial burden by, 
you know, having them cut their hours a little bit while they look for another job or giving them some options where it doesn't necessarily have to be super fraught and discom and uncomfortable. Um, you can actually have some really important conversations with your team that can help their lives be better, even if they are moving on to something else. Um, just because they're bad at the job that <laughs> you're firing them from or they haven't been able to show up for it and whatever. I shouldn't say bad, but whatever. Um, if you're just because they're not showing up for that job in the same way that you want them to. It doesn't necessarily mean they wouldn't be a really valuable team player for somebody else. So even there's been times when I've had employees that have had tough situations that go on at our office and but they're a great employee. And so it's causing but generally they have a really bad attitude and it brings other people down. We can often create a path for them to be successful elsewhere, connect them with another job, recommend them if we're able to remove them from an environment. Maybe there's somebody there that they used to date or, you know, they were. So, I don't know. There are all kinds of stuff happens in the office, you know. Um, so we can actually help to create a, a type of work culture and work environment where we can actually advocate for our people even when we are letting them go. Now, that's obvious, obviously best case scenario, but just keep that in mind. We've talked so much about documentation. So I think there's going to be I'll, I'll do another episode that kind of drives this point home. Um, however, we do just want to make sure that you're always jotting those things down, even if it doesn't feel super official, um, when things are going on, because if you don't have that documentation, it's the first thing we're going to look for. If we're trying to help you figure out what to do with your team member, um, it's the first thing we're going to ask for. It's the first thing that we're going to help you to cultivate and create, but just always think about everything that you're doing in a way that, Someone else is going to read that one day and whether that's the employee or it might not be, maybe it's an attorney, maybe it's your somebody else that's going to be running this team eventually. So be professional, be direct, be compassionate. Don't use language that you wouldn't want your you know, grandma to see or some person that you're trying to impress to see or that you wouldn't want read aloud in a courtroom, <laughs> um, which I know sounds really crazy, but that is where a lot of these things do happen. It, you know, it's not like a law and order, like wrongful termination situation, but there are employment laws and labor law courts and lawyers that are really employee employment lawyers that are really amazing advocating for employee rights. And so I think actually, while we started this kind of talking about some of those people out there that are trying to get small businesses in trouble and we're like, you know, small business hype girls over here. Um, we do just want to still make sure that we're giving a lot of respect where the respect is due for those attorneys that are helping to advocate for employees that deserve to be treated fairly. We all have a right to work and to be treated fairly. So in that sense, if you're always able to be super direct when you're having these conversations and then you're able to reflect that on your documentation, it's going to be really helpful. It's also really helpful to have a witness. So even if you are having a phone conversation or over Zoom, if there is a witness there, that's going to be really helpful for you, um, especially if hostility is expected. So if you know that somebody's going to be pissed off, like try to have somebody there that's going to be able to support you and stick up for you. Um, level with people, be real with them, show up as your true authentic self, you know, tell them exactly what's going on. Be straightforward. Don't use a lot of legal jargon unless you're a lawyer, I guess, um, where they can understand it. Just try to help people understand what it is that's happening. And if you are at the stage where you're terminating them, give them the real reasons. Don't sugarcoat it. Um, but also be really clear and straightforward. You're being terminated. You're being let go. This is why. Do you have questions? If there are questions that I can answer, I'm happy to do that now. I know this that you may be blindsided by this, in which case we've arranged for you to meet with HR so you can go over anything that comes up. 
Um, here's what the next steps are. Here's when you can expect your final check. And we're going to send you a summary of this as well to your personal email um, from the email that you can reply to if you have any further questions. So kind of lead the conversation, have it, be straightforward, be done with it. Um, make sure you're offering resources and really straightforward of what's coming next. There is truly nothing worse than if you are fired from a job and then you have to go and email that person that embarrassed you, fired you, made me feel bad, you know, whatever. They're always going to feel bad if they're let go, regardless if they're the toughest person in the room or the meanest person in the room. Um, we don't really want them to have to go and then ask us for something (laughs) like that's so bad and it also puts them in a really vulnerable position which can make them feel cornered um and it might make them feel like you know second guess like if this was fair or not and you want to make sure that you're really clear and straightforward in that and that you can back it up now a couple things to think about after you have decided to let someone go And the first is change management. So if you have a team, especially a small business, you will need to make sure that the repercussions of letting that employee go are really clear and there's a plan of attack for how you're going to deal with the questions that may come up. Um, So make sure that if you have employees that have best friends at work, that you are really clear about why they're they're being let go. Um, If they're people, you know, have an attitude or they are pissed off on behalf of their friend afterwards, you still have to hold them accountable to the rules of the company, even if you can't understand why they may be upset. You want to make sure that you're always instilling safety and clarity. So if no one else is at risk for losing their job, if their best friend is the is the best employee you have, they're always delivering. They're always doing great. You can always count on them. You know where their time is going. You know that they have your back. You know that your clients love them, but then, you know, kind of the person that got terminated made too many mistakes or maybe they made one really bad mistake and it's not really a reflection on their quality of work, but maybe they did something that you had to act on because of the commitment that you made to your team through your policies. This isn't something that you're going to want to kind of put them on blast for, but I think it's really important to acknowledge that you do want to ensure that they understand that their job is safe and that this decision that this employee made doesn't have anything to do with them and they don't need to worry about their own job security if you can get behind that. Um, The other thing is if you are laying off people because of, you know, maybe the company's going in a different direction or something along those lines, um, make sure that you are able to offer your team an open door discussion. If anyone needs feedback or reassurance, try to keep people's private business private. But if they ask you direct questions about what their friend told them or something like that, you can respond to it. Um, And then just make sure that you are always following up and you're being really clear and straightforward and being really careful with your words so that you're not meant to imply that something was different than it was or slander someone or if you're letting people go because you're overstaffed, like don't tell the employee that you're overstaffed and you're letting them go and then tell their friend that you don't have to worry about it. Like we didn't like the way that they performed their job. Make sure that there's consistency and clarity across the board so that you don't have to worry about essentially not that you would lie, but (laughs) you definitely don't want to be called out by an employee for that. So keep in mind that that will absolutely erode your trust. So you need to be really clear and straightforward across the board with any information that is shared. Um, There has been situations in the past where I've been like, listen, I'm not going to tell you why this person was let go, but I can ensure you that your job is safe. And if you have any direct questions about our policies that may have played into this, I'm here to answer them for you. There's also times when I've had to say that multiple times, like, hey, listen, I know that you're saying that you don't have anything to say. I can tell you're really upset that this person got let go. 
if you don't have any questions today, then please reach out to me at any time. And I'm happy to go over with you what policies, what our policies mean. And if you have any specific questions about if your friend told you why they were fired and you want to know exactly what that means for you, then we can talk about you. But you want to be professional and make sure that you're safeguarding the information of the employee that you let go. That's also how you're going to be able to ensure fair and consistent treatment of all of your employees after you terminate them. Um, But I think, you know, we're 20 minutes in, 25 minutes in, and now we're just getting to the juicy part. Um, So there's a lot of compliance stuff to consider. Keep your documentation in order. Make sure you're communicating clearly and make sure you're managing the change so you're able to talk to the rest of your team about what may be going on with that employee. Um, also make sure that your documentation is clear and professional. And if things do get hostile, I also want to just challenge all of our managers, all of our HR people out there that your experience does matter too. And you should never be put in a situation where you feel that you're going to be harassed or hurt or attacked or insulted because you're managing or managing the employee's performance or even part of a termination conversation. So don't ever allow somebody to beat you up or not even just, you know, physically, but like verbally, don't put allow anyone to put you in a situation to where your experience at work is now at risk. Um, if something's going on that's inappropriate, don't be afraid to call it out. Um, you do deserve respect at your job, especially if you're there representing your company as a leader and you're not the CEO and you're actually acting on behalf of other people. Um, and just remember that because everybody is doing things on the up and up, then you can stand behind the decisions of your company. And really, it's about making sure that everyone is always treated fairly, regardless of what's going on behind the scenes or who they are or what they believe or what they look like or how they act or if they have kids or if they're protected class or anything like that. Um, So the best thing about this conversation is always what happens after when the dust settles, the nerves are gone, the adrenaline's out of there. And you can really think about what this looks like for your company, especially Especially if you have a small business being, you know, if you have a lot of turnover, there's probably a lot of things you can do better. But some businesses are just going to have a lot of turnover. There's just uh, really unique jobs out there. They're really hard. They're really physically difficult. It's just different than what people sign up for, especially if you have a lot of entry level employees. Don't beat yourself up if you have a lot of turnover, um, especially in the beginning stages of learning how to manage. But there are things that you can do better. So what I would generally recommend is that you want to take a look at, you know, how you got into the situation, what could have been done differently, what could have been done better. Um, You want to take a look at the role, make sure that the role is is built for one person to do. We see this a lot. If there's any piece of advice that you walk away from in this podcast, it's that a lot of times we're setting people up to fail because the roles that we're building are kind of a like a hodgepodge of a bunch of different things that shouldn't be in the same type of skill set. So generally speaking, take a look at that and adjust the role if the reason that you're letting someone go is really mismatched and one side of their job they're doing a really exceptional job, but maybe there's some other tasks that are more creative or design driven that they're doing really poorly at. Make sure that you're making sure that that should be the same person. Is it a creative person or is it an operations driven person? Is it a project management type of role or is it a person that's really great with writing and connecting? Um, We can definitely learn from the people that we let go. And not every person is going to be able to take a lot of different skills from both sides of our brain and be able to show up in that way every single day. So sometimes in small business, when we have to let someone go and 
we're working on building our teams and working on our expansion and our growth, we want to make sure that we're always adjusting the role every single time and making sure that we're reviewing it and understanding what we can do better there. Bringing people in, we're going to do a better job if there's clarity on the, at the very beginning, if it, there's clarity on the job posting, things like that. Um, there's always an opportunity to optimize and adjust your hiring process. So that's the third thing that you can look at when you're assessing your findings and assessing the overall experience of this terminating an employee. There are things that we can figure out in the hiring process that can help us prevent that from having to be something that we have happen later. Um, whether it be times that people can work or the effort that they're putting into certain elements of their life that isn't necessarily going to match up with what you need in regards to the support that you need from your employee. There's misclassification. So if you are, if you have people that are misclassified as a part-time employee, when really this person should be available and on salary all week long as a full-time employee, or else they won't be successful at their job, sometimes you, you may not have 35, 40 hours of work for somebody to do, but you need them to be available for 35 to 40 hours a week in order for you to do your job best. Those hours will fill up over time, but just make sure that you are being strategic and classifying those roles correctly. There's so many nuances there. It's one of the things that we do the most with our employees or with our clients at Paradigm. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. Do I sound like sexy raspy? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that episode of Friends where Phoebe's like opens the window and she just wants to get a cold so that she can have like a sexy raspy voice for Smelly Cat. I feel like I should sing that. Like, Smelly Cat. Anyway. Um, and finally, <laughs> make sure that you take a step back and consider focusing on your management skills, how you could have done better to serve this employee. Make sure that every box is checked there probably won't they probably won't be but there will be another time where you're going to be tested so if you take a really solid look at your management skills when you have to terminate somebody what happened what you could have done better there's always stuff we can do better there's always things we're going to miss we're busy people we have a lot of things pulling us in different directions you're never going to get better at your job you're never going to get better at managing you're never going to get better at firing people you're never going to get better at getting the most out of your team so then you're not running around chasing your tail for performance issues and having this be something you have to deal with all the time unless you can take a really solid look at the areas of your management skills and your leadership skills that can be improved upon in the process of figuring out the right people for your team in the right roles. Um, so that is our very long-winded and thorough discussion of termination of when to pull the trigger. Oh my God, I almost said tigger. When to pull the trigger and how to do it right, not only to protect yourself, but also to have compassionate conversations with your team. Um, We talked a lot about the back end today, but definitely go and listen to our difficult conversations episode. It's probably our most listened to episode so that you can also take some of those skills and that advice to actually have the termination conversation. Um, And when in doubt, definitely hop onto our website, fill out our contact form, and we can make sure you have the foundations that you need to make these decisions in the long term. Other than that, thanks for listening and we'll see you next Wednesday. If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up.